Wasn't the 2021 ACB Conference simply amazing? And now you're looking forward to exploring the new podcast content from our conference sessions. That's why we're currently working to edit all of the convention content, putting it into podcast form. And we're planning to share that new podcast content with you throughout the month of August as content is finalized. We'll be releasing the first few sessions from each track, along with the general sessions, around August 6th, then releasing more each week throughout the month. To find and play the latest ACB podcasts, visit the ACB Media Network podcast page at www.acbmedia.org slash podcasts, or subscribe to the podcasts on Pinecast to be notified when new content is available. The ACB Media Network Podcasts, a true cornucopia of information. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Tuesday Topics. This is your host, Paul Edwards, and... I am accompanied by my faithful producer, Rick Morin. And uh, Rick is also streaming tonight, so he's keeping pretty busy. Um, I'm going to let him be pretty quiet, at least for the first little while, because I think he's <laughs> actually going to get a chance to eat his yeah, dinner that I way. I had a mouthful of fried chicken just then. <laughs> Excellent. Not bad. So, so I'd like to thank those folks who are here for Tuesday Topics this evening. And I'd like to talk a little bit about what we plan to do in case some of you um, are not here because of the lovely announcement that I sent much too late. Um, for the first hour, we're going to talk uh, about something that we've talked about a lot in this program, but uh, we're going to talk about COVID-19. But in some particular contexts, I, I think that... Um, the new wave of COVID-19, for me anyway, and I, I will give you guys a chance to respond to this, is far more concerning than the earlier waves of COVID-19 where I was talking with someone in Australia today, which is a, a place that, that really had COVID-19 under control, and it decidedly isn't that now. They're having thousands of cases a day now in Australia, which was is unheard of for them. And even New Zealand that had that had that had done everything right now appears to have at least in the tens of cases uh, every day, which is uh, which is really pretty amazing. And what it seems to suggest is even those places that took all of the right steps, are finding themselves in trouble with regard to COVID because of the Delta variant. I think that in particular, um, the Delta variant has had some, some impact uh, because of the degree to which it is happening at a time when in many places, um, particularly including the state I live in, Florida, um, there has there has been a real intention uh, to open uh, the system up uh, and to regard masks as irrelevant. Um, 
even though in, in my opinion, it's not appropriate to do that. I had a procedure that I was supposed to have had last week um, that would have gotten me some information on what's going on with the, the, the strange disease that I have. And courtesy of COVID, that disease was can't or that disease. I wish it was that disease, but that that procedure was canceled, as has every other um, kind of procedure that that is optional has been canceled in in every hospital in Jacksonville. And what's scary about that is I think we're we're actually at a place where. One of the things that I think is beginning to happen is mortality from other diseases like cancer and breast cancer and 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 perhaps bowel cancer um, is becoming higher because people are either afraid to go near hospitals because of the fear of COVID that they have or don't want to put burdens on hospitals or are simply having their elective procedures canceled, uh, which in the long run is going to lead to deaths from these other things because people don't get their testing done in time. So those are some of the things that I'm thinking about with regard to um, the, the current state of uh, COVID-19 and the current state of the Delta variant. Um, but I don't want to monopolize this discussion and would love to hear from some of the folks who are here. So um, I guess I'm going to encourage uh, Rick to check for raised hands in a minute or two. But in the meantime, I guess the last thing that, that, that I will say is the other thing that is concerning me is the degree to which the, the whole issue of masks has become a political exercise. Um, it it seems to me that one of the one of the really concerning things is that folks who who should know better and and who who should be able to trust the medical profession have chosen not to do that and um, it's it's almost it's almost like you can you can check on which party affiliation you have to know whether you're likely to be in in favor of masks or not and for our country to be in a place like that seems to me to be absolutely strange so mr rick do we have any hands Yes, we do. We've got uh, phone number 2225, who uh, was here last week, and I think we had trouble was. getting We did. Let's hope we can get them un two, two, unmuted. 25 to actually speak. Anisio's here also. Anisio, if you want to open up. There you are. Hello. Is that me you're talking to? It's you who we're talking to, Mr. Anisio. Okay, yep. not, it's not on, I'm not on the phone, but um, well, it's it's. Uh, I'll be brief, Paul, because th this is a, a really difficult time with all the uh, baseball um, races um, heating up. 
but it's uh, it's hard to talk about this topic without bringing politics into it. So I'll try not to not to do it. Um, but I, I agree with you. It's hard to imagine why so many people are against masks. Uh, we, my wife and I, we also live in Florida. And after a brief time when we decided to stop wearing masks, uh, especially outside and eating out, etc., cetera, uh, we have gone back, started uh, wearing masks again everywhere we go, mm-hmm. avoiding crowded places. We stopped going to church, you know, doing the virtual thing instead. Yep. Um, but, you know, it, it's... Um, it's it's difficult. I, I'm I'm glad that I don't have kids in school and I don't have to be part of the the uh, the the discussions going on there. That to me just make absolutely no sense. Um, I, I don't know what to say. You know, I, I yeah. <laughs> uh, I have I have a young grandson who just started middle school mm-hmm. last week, and he is very much. A, a masker, um, but but he is just very concerned because through no fault of his, he has kids in his class whose parents have signed a waiver, which we have in Florida for some of you guys in other parts of the country, that says, I don't choose to wear a mask. Yeah. And the school board in, in this county and in many counties in Florida has essentially given um, parents that option to to essentially write a note for their kid that says um, I don't want to wear a mask and right. and there is nothing uh, that the school can do um, they 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 can't separate them into into classes where the where the people who don't wear masks go and they they can't do anything except put the rest of the kids who are in school at risk right and what what terrible lessons we're giving to our kids. You yeah, know, uh, it just uh, it just does not make sense. I uh, you mentioned New Zealand. I was I was listening to a little bit of the a podcast from Jonathan Mosen mm-hmm. the other day, which we both know. And he, I mean, they went from zero cases to you know now you're talking about ten tens of cases. And I, yeah. I, I think what they don't have, I I don't believe they are fully vaccinated. Uh, it's not still as as uh, available as it is in this country. Uh, yep. It's just a shame that here we have the vaccines. I was listening to my old country in Portugal. They have reached 71% of fully vaccinated population. The highest, I think, one of the highest in Western Europe. And, uh, and the only reason it's not closer to 100% is because they don't have enough. And here we, are, we have more than enough. And we don't take advantage of it. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. <clears throat> well, we we will hope to hear from you later on when we start to talk about the, the future of Tuesday topics, sir. But in the meantime, thank you so much for your call. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you, Paul. Excellent. Mr. Rick. Yeah, Doug Hall, please. Doug. Hey, Paul. There. Hey, okay. sir. Hi there. Uh, two two things. Number one, speaking to the thing about the schools, we have our wonderful governor to thank for that stupidity. 
Yes, that, we do. That says that a school system is going to be cut if they do anything. So there, therefore, they had to put this thing in, hopefully to get around what he's doing and saying, well, if the family signs a letter saying, I don't want the mask, then you don't have to do it. That's wrong as far as I'm concerned, but what else do you do? Uh, the other thing I want to comment on regarding the Delta virus and all that junk that's going on, as you well know, my wife has severe immunity problems. Right. Um, she saw her, her cardiologist the other day. He gave her a prescription to make sure she gets the, the um, booster shot done. And, mm -hmm. you know, Frankie, ever since this thing started, we have been masking. We don't go out. Um, we don't even do sh much shopping because we we're not willing to take a chance. Um, you know, it's really unfortunate. Like actually she, um, we went to Walgreens today to get her booster shot. Didn't work out, but, um, there are people that walk around without a mask. How do you know that person has had the shot? How do you know, even if they've had the, the vaccine, how do you know they're not a carrier? And that, that's a problem with the kids. That The problem is with this whole mess, it's difficult because those of us who are being careful are frankly imprisoned in our homes because we can't afford to go out because other people don't care. Yeah, and, and, and we can't trust other people because the fact is that in Jacksonville and I think in Daytona Beach where you are, um, there is no mask mandate and, right. and nobody... I mean, literally, not a single person is required to wear a mask at a time when I, I can't. I can't speak for Daytona, but I can say that Jacksonville's hospitals are at full capacity for COVID. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just like with where you are in Jacksonville, we have two hospitals here in Daytona, and they're both full of COVID right. problems. You can't right. get. You cannot get. I mean. Uh, all optional types of things are off because there's no place. And they're saying, don't come to the hospital. Um, so, yeah, if you have a problem, you know, what do you do if you have a heart attack or a stroke and you're not allowed well, to the hospital? I mean, it's crazy. Well, and that's it. And then what, what's worse is um, what what's worse is whereas before there was some leniency in terms of who could see whom. In, in hospital settings. Now, essentially, if, if you as a blind person go to the hospital, um, forget seeing any member of your family. You're just not being, allowing <laughs> anybody in. True. I mean, it's, um, a, it's, a, it's a huge problem. And I, yeah. I, I feel for those people who, you know, who are trying to deal with it and it drives me crazy. And, and I, we have friends who say, I don't want a mask and I refuse to have the shot. Yep. Well, you know, in that case, you don't want to see me. That's correct. That's correct. And and it's and it's scary that that um, that there are folks who are, who are allowed to do that. I, so here's here's a, one of the questions that 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 has recently come to the fore, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on it, Doug, and then open it up for other people to comment as well. Do you think? That folks who uh, work in nursing homes uh, ought to be mandated to be vaccinated. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Personally, I think everybody should be vaccinated. And the people in hospitals and nursing homes 
Uh, to me, it is unreasonable for somebody not to be vaccinated in a situation because they're spreading the disease. Um, so in, in your view, it, it's OK for a nursing home operator to fire someone who refuses to be vaccinated. Yes, unless unless there is a bona fide reason. And in that case, the person should be put somewhere where they're not going to be around other people right. to do right. things. Uh, there's, you know, I, I, and I say this all the time that why is it that people are more interested in their own selfish needs instead of thinking about what is best for other people? Yeah. It's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yes. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Stay around sure. and, and, and talk to the, Plan talk on about it. the future of Tuesday topics later. Thank you. Uh-huh. Mr. Rick. No more hands at the moment, Paul. Oh, no. Should we try 2225 again? Yeah, let me try. 222. Wait a minute. Where'd he go? Yeah, there's 2225. I keep hitting ask him. Their hand is not up. The hand had been up. Um, yeah. 1760. Phone number 1760, please. Seventeen sixty, the number of yards in a mile. Area code six oh four. You can. I like. You can like that seventeen sixty. You can go ahead and unmute yourself. Here we go. Uh, hi, Paul. Uh, this is Josette Kernahan calling, and um, I wanted to. Uh, Vancouver, course, BC. I, I would, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, of course, some of the things have already been mentioned that I was going to mention, but I agree with everything. <laughs> everyone else has said, but I wanted to point out that up here, they're really cracking down. Um, as of yesterday, our premier and uh, Dr. Henry, who's the head doctor in BC, uh, they've had enough of this nonsense. And they're, um, uh, as of the 13th of September, um, uh, it doesn't matter what your situation is. If you uh, refuse to get a vaccine, you can't go into bars, restaurants, um, you know, essential. Uh, well, the only thing they're allowing, really, uh, you can still go on transit or you can get your groceries. But um, everything else, eating places, whatever, you cannot go into without a vaccine. And um, they're going to be issuing um, uh, these cards for people for proof. Yep. Uh, actually, it's going to be a va um, uh, what is it? Um, a passport type deal that they're trying to work on for the future. But this is going. Uh, they're going to see. They're going to play it by ear, and it's going to go until the end of January to see if they can get these numbers out of uh, um, uh, controlled because it's very bad up here, like it is down there. And one of the things that one of the things that a province are going to. Um, uh, work on things individually, I right. guess, but um, right. I just know here they're really clamping down and they're they're tired of this stupid political mm -hmm. nonsense and yeah. um, concerning vaccines and um, they're they're making nursing homes and all these places, uh, uh, you know, ex extended care, you know, and assistive living. Mm -hmm. They're making everybody get vaccinated who works at them, and they don't care what the excuse is. Even if you've got a medical 
exemption, they're still making people, um, yep. you know, they said those people, it's too bad, you know. Now, I haven't gotten one yet because I've been ill with colds because of the smoke up here. We've had right. forest fires oh, and lots everything. Lots of fires, yep. Yes, and um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I'm sorry for my mouth. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't mean to be. Um, I just wanted to also mention as a blind person, uh, like one of the other people that just spoke, I, I hardly go out myself. I, I, um, I, I take transit all over the place, and I'm finding it hard to get to these places who do vaccines because they're so out of the way. They're not thinking about people with disabilities. Um, sure, it's fine to get to them by car, but some of them are at convention centers and you have to uh, go there and trying to find yourself around. You know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but I do plan to get one. Um, you know, so, so anyway, and I think this whole political thing yep. is... Yeah. Crazy too. Yep. How do you feel about the fact that um, that at the same time as we are uh, seeing a, a lot more cases of COVID, we're we're allowing twenty and twenty five thousand people to go to a CFL game? I know uh, it doesn't make any sense. They're doing it up here too. Um, there was a game the other night and. They were even allowing people in who are not vaccinated. It doesn't make any sense. This yeah. is before this uh, stuff kick, is kicking in on the 13th. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the same problem here, too, with all this stuff. You know, all these gatherings and all these younger people who are really selfish. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess people in our generation, we still use our common sense and... Think of other people. I, I don't know. I just yeah. don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Josette, thank you so much for the call. Oh, you're welcome, Paul. It was good talking to you again. And uh, I sure hope we can get together next year. I miss I miss getting together with everybody. Oh, I and think I so. And miss, I... I also miss going down to the U.S. every month. I miss all my friends in Bellingham and Seattle. Yep. And I'm, I, it's just... The whole thing is <laughs> yep. just been thank crazy. Thank you so much, Josette. Uh -huh. yep. Okay, thanks, Paul. Excellent. Mr. Rick, do we have anyone else? No more at the moment, Paul. All right. Um, have Have you been struck, Mr. Rick, uh, 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 by, by anything in particular you've heard over the last little while? Um. <laughs> Not particularly, he said. No, I, I, I certainly, you know, share the the frustration. Um, you know, I have a daughter who's a type one diabetic, and you know, we're just deathly afraid um, that even though she's vaccinated and so on, that uh, you know, we don't want her to to become ill. Ill. And um, uh, you know, I, you know, the politics of it are just you know, beyond absolute reasonableness for sure. Right. So one of the, one of the questions that I guess I have for you guys is <clears throat> how, how do you think that um, the storm that you guys had over the weekend was impacted by COVID, if at all? 
Well, the storm never really hit us uh, ah, here outside okay. outside of Boston. We, you know, there are places all around us that, that got hit. There were actually some tornadoes yesterday. But right. I, but I, I, you know, I, I never put those two things together, Paul. You just what's what's the thread there that you're trying to get to? Oh, it, there there's a there's a huge thread, and 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 it happened. Um, in in a lot of places um, last year during the hurricane season, because you had this very serious question that you had to ask yourself, do I want to try to ride out a hurricane in my house or do I want to go to a shelter where I'm likely to catch COVID? Yeah, no, that's that's a very, very good point. Um, It was interesting. Here, there was not very, very much talk of shelters. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody was sheltering at home. Um, so, um, interesting question, though. Uh, we have somebody that just opened up their microphone. Phone number five eight six nine, please. Hi, this is Diane. Hi, Diane. And I just thought I'd tell you a little bit about what I've been doing. I've been Every time I go, especially into stores, crowded places, I wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't want any part of this. I don't want to, I've had both of my vaccines, but I don't want to take a chance on getting it and see if I don't have to go to the hospital or not. <laughs> I mean, I just, so every time I go into a store, any, anywhere inside, I wear a mask. I, when I go for walks with my guide dogs, my guide dog, I usually go, when there's not too many people out so that I don't have to worry about wearing a mask outside. Um, and then my niece and her family were here from Maryland. Well, they're still here. They leave tomorrow, but we went out to dinner Saturday night Mm -hmm. and (laughs) Saturday was a really windy day. And I thought, Oh no, we're going to go out to dinner and we're going to blow away. Luckily the wind died down a little, but we still sat outside because she has two um, children. One is nine and the other one is six. And she doesn't want them to get it. You know, they haven't been vaccine, I mean, vaccinated yet. So, you know, she's being really careful with them. So we ate outside and luckily the wind died down. It still it was a little windy and, you know, had to, um, luckily, um, <laughs> I didn't think and I wore shorts and luckily my brother had a sweatshirt I could put around my legs and, <laughs> but um, you know, we ate outside and it worked out just fine. But um, doing that too, you know. So, now what part of the country are you in, Diane? San Jose, California. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, I don't know about your governor. That is just. I mean, I can't believe that. That's just. <laughs> I don't understand it. You well, know, it's, I think there are some people who would say. <clears throat> That, that there's a recall vote for your governor because of how tough he was on COVID. Yeah, which I'm voting no for, so, you know. <laughs> but, but it, it I mean, it, it really does seem that, that, that ludicrous though it seems, there's a political disadvantage to trying to do the right thing with regard to COVID. Um, yeah, if, you if, know, it really does. Yeah, if you're in politics. Yeah, um, uh, sure. Now, it, it, you guys actually are, are, are not doing as badly 
now as you have been, right, in California? I don't believe so, no. I think it's going up a little bit, but yeah. it's still not, definitely not like your state and um, right. there in Florida. And well, so it's just, one, you know, one of trying the to interesting take things. One of the interesting things about my state is when, when I lived in Miami, um, it was it was the epicenter of um, of COVID, and um, over the last month or so, now that I'm up in Jacksonville, it's the epicenter up here. So um, oh, there, it there are those you, who are announcing uh, that I'm bringing it with me. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's gonna blame you, Paul. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Diane, thank you so much for your call, man. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Paul, Excellent, you, Paul. Your daughter's working in healthcare, right? How's she doing? She is. She is. She is doing well, and um, you know, she is still required to do occasional testing, even though she's got both of her vaccines, um, and and finds herself put in situations that are, gosh, in a way, almost untenable. I mean, she 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 had to. Um, take stitches out from an old gentleman who's in one of the facilities she works for um, who had just tested positive for COVID. Oh, wow. And, and she had to take um, stitches out of his face. So clearly a mask wasn't an option uh, for him. And, and I don't, you know, I'm not... I, I don't I don't think that we often recognize just how many situations like that folks in the healthcare field have to deal with every day. Right. Sure. Um, um, where you, you you choose whether or not you're going to provide care, um, and if you decide to provide care, you're almost rolling the dice, and it's it's um, it's scary. Uh, not fun. Not fun. Karen, I tell, please. Ah, from Texas. Miss Karen. I am Anna. All right. Mr. Paul, I'm going to weigh in on this. Yes, Miss uh, Karen. I'm just going to say this. Everybody's going to probably clear the room after I say it, but I'm going to do it anyhow. I have COVID, and I'm staying away from everybody because I don't want to share my COVID with people. And uh, the other thing is, I had my swab Monday, and it's and it's it's freaking it's kind of freaked me out having to have her come up to swab me because I did not want to share my COVID with her either. Yeah, it's um, it's it's scary. Um, how do you think you caught it, Karen? I know how I caught it. My mother gave it to me. I don't mind saying it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not she, her fault, though. She had. No. She had. A, she's in the real estate business. We think we picked it up from one of the um, uh, title companies, and yep. she has to do her job. She does. Yep. And yep. I'm not going to condemn her for that for giving no. it to me. Nope. I'm gonna. I am gonna stay away from people because I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm like I said. I don't want to share my COVID with people. Have you um? Have you lost your sense of smell, Karen? I have not lost anything. The only thing that went south for me is my temperature went up. Uh -huh. And then I'm taking up some cough pills. They kind of make me feel a little bit high, but uh -huh. I'm glad I'm not a drug addict because I 
not sure I would give my prescription up if I were one. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but but I'm just going to say it just and the about your governor and is and the political thing. My whole thing about vaccines versus no vaccines versus masks, whatever it is, yeah. I don't know which way to turn. I know there's a few of y'all that said that if I don't wear, if I don't get a vaccine, I won't, y'all don't want to see me. I'm not sure I would push it that far, but that's just me. Uh-huh. But I also know that I'm not going to come see you right now because I don't want to share my COVID. That's that's right. But but have you already had vaccine, or you're not going to get it, Karen? I I am right now. I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to stay. I'm going to be careful. Um, I'm due to get my uh, results from my swab yesterday, tomorrow. And mom and I agree that even if it shows negative, I should wait longer just to play it safe. Sure. And also, I'm getting that also information from, I saw Greg Evick take that position with his doctor. Yes, he's negative. Yeah. He wants to stay away. Yes. Anyhow. But for for the most part, you felt like you didn't really want to get a vaccine, Karen. Right, right. It's not that I don't. It's not that I don't believe in them. I get flu vaccines on a regular basis every right. But my little niece was born, so it, it it's gotten too political for me to be sure it's not a some kind of hoax that I'm not sure about. If you know what I mean? No, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, you know, I guess, I, I guess, the, the, you know, our our country is built on the idea that people are free um, to do what they want to do, but but I guess, you know, there is a there's a there's a fine if if you um, if you don't have your seatbelt done up. Is is, is the vaccine is the vaccine similar to that? I don't know. It's a it's an interesting question. My my question to you, Paul, is when I know it's safe, yeah, I won't I won't say another word about it. Yeah. And I, I, I give you my word on that. Oh no, I don't I don't want your word and I and, and I want you to talk about it as much or as little as you want to. Um you know, I think there are there are a lot of us who have gotten um vaccine. Um who for for whom it's a it's a really easy decision, and so we we always like to to talk to folks who have found it to be a hard decision to try to find out why that is, but it, it's it's because we don't understand. It's not because we're being judgmental. I hope. Well, and you have a right to that, Paul. I'm not going to continue on that. Yeah, I just right now, I don't know what's in it. Hmm. Uh, I've read some articles that yeah. are not pleasant to me. Yeah. And by all means, if I could say this is a good quality vaccine, like the flu vaccine is, mm-hmm. I would have done gotten it. Yeah. And that's well, not a question I, my mind. I think now that Pfizer has gotten full approval, maybe some of the people who were concerned because it was um, before just just uh, emergency use approval. Now that it's been fully approved, maybe people will feel more comfortable with what's in it. So, yeah, so we shall see. Miss Karen, thank you so much for your call and thanks for sharing with us. And, and by all means, I'm, I'm not 
going to be a stick in the mud. It's just I'm careful. Yep. Well, I think that's right. And 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 thank you for isolating with your COVID. That's that's the right thing to do, and we and we all appreciate that, Miss Karen. Yep. 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 I'm not going to share it. So I'll well, talk to you all evening on here as much as y'all want me to. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Miss Karen. We'll hear from you a little later. I hope. I, I'm interested in getting in debate with you about what what the future of Tuesday topics looks like. Yep. Looking forward to it, Miss Karen. We'll do it. Excellent. Thank you. All right, dear. Yep. Bye. Bye. Mr. Rick, anybody? Uh, nobody else. I think Doug had his hand up, but it looks like it's down now. Let's see. Okay. And there's Merrill Schechter's here. Hey, Merrill. Yeah. Hey, Merrill. From Maryland. We had, we had Merrill and her boyfriend on last week. I was impressed. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Okay, Zoom was playing with me. Um, anyway, uh, yes, I um, I heard that since the Pfizer authorization is um, official, that there's talk that the vaccine um, there may be a federal mandate for vaccines uh, completely. I've heard that several times. Yeah. What what do you think about that, Meryl? Well, I, that... I think it's good because I got both of mine and um, I wear a mask all the time and, and I'm cautious and I got both vaccines. Yeah. And so I don't want to get it and I don't want to expose anybody else or whatever. So that's why I'm protecting myself and others, you know? So I think yep. that's a good idea. So... Yeah. As I understand it, President Biden is at least um, talking about making it a requirement for all federal employees. Right. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. um, if, if 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 he does that, um, you think it would be okay for him to to fire somebody from IRS, let's say, uh, um, yeah, who okay. is. Who, who, who doesn't choose to get a vaccine, it would be okay for him to simply say you can't work for the federal government anymore? Unfortunately, yes, I feel that way. I did work for the IRS and Social Security. I'm retired now. But yes, I feel that way because mm -hmm. they should not um, be endangering others at all in, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I, 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 think, I think it's interesting because had you still been working, and had chosen not to get a vaccine, then you'd be in danger of losing your job and you'd be yeah, good with that. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Meryl, any, any, any other thoughts for us? Um, I can't think of anything right now, but thank you very much, Paul. Excellent. And stick around and we'll talk about the future of Tuesday topics in okay. a while. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks, Meryl. You're welcome. And let's see here, Paul. There's a couple of hands down here. Uh, 8769. Eight. Yep. Hey there. Gmail, 14 minutes ago. Hello. Yep, we gotcha. Okay, this is uh, Rick Belcher, Merrill hey, Bearham. Did Rick hey, Belcher Rick. Merrill's better half? Yeah. Yeah. Rick, Rick the blind blues singer. Hey, Rick. 
That's right. <laughs> Blind Ricky. Yeah. I'm gonna I wanna say this right now. You know, a lot of people they they want stuff. And I'm gonna be as straightforward with you as I know how to be. I'm not mm-hmm. crazy about wearing masks. Meryl yeah. is particularly, and like a, a lot of others aren't crazy about wearing masks. I'll tell you this: I feel better when I get mine off. She better feels better when she gets hers off. But on the other side of that coin, here's the thing: people want stuff, and they say, "I want to go to a sporting event. I want to go to a concert." Uh, in fact, September the twenty-sixth. Uh, <coughs> The Stones are supposed to be here in St. Louis performing. Whoa. And so there'll be a lot of people, um, as far as I know they are, I don't know how things are going to be because I just heard that Charlie Watts died today. Oh, dear. Uh, Yeah, he died. He's in his 80s. He's been sick for a while. And they have another guy that's in uh, (laughs) Richard's uh, side band that he has on the side with Uh another band is, uh, from what I understand, it's going to be with the Stones on this tour. Mm-hmm. And, but anyway, the thing is, it's like this. People say they want certain things. Okay, if you want certain things, you have to go out there. You have to get it. You, you have to do things. Uh, last year, I flew up to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy about wearing the mask. I wasn't in love with it. But I wanted to see Meryl. So if I wanted to see Meryl, I had to go out there and wear, wear the mask flying up there to uh, Baltimore and coming back. And, I, and you know, that's what you do. I got yeah. uh, both of us got vaccinated. Uh, of course, uh-huh. I got Pfizer. She got the other. Uh, uh-huh. I guess she got the, I forgot if it was the Pfizer or Moderna. I think she might have got the Moderna. But yeah. the thing of this, we got our shots. Yep. And as far as some people saying, it's my constitutional right not to wear a mask. I'm a member of AMBETS Post 6. I belong yep. to, I'm a, a son, being my dad was in the Navy. I'm mm-hmm. a son of AMBETS. Now, yep. I have a right to go in there and drink a beer. Yeah. Yep. I do have that right. But what I don't have the right to do is spread a bunch of hate and discontent as my dad used to say, if I go in there and I do that kind of stuff, it's like when I went to the Arkansas School for the Blind back in late 60s, uh-huh. early 70s, I had this principle, there was this principle said this, where your somebody else's rights begin, that's where your rights end. And no, I don't want to yep. be getting people sickness. They yep. probably don't want me to get theirs. You, you do yep. what I you have that- to do. That's how it goes. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mr. Rick, thank you very much. We appreciate your call. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Uh huh. Mr. Rick. Uh, Nobody else at the moment, Paul. I, I find myself fascinated by the kind of overwhelming majority of folks. Um, who seem comfortable with with a mandate uh, for masks, for example, uh, and for vaccines. Um, you know, um, I, I I I'm I'm surprised we haven't 
we've only run across one person who's uncomfortable um, with getting vaccines. If there are some folks who are listening um, who are uncomfortable, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to join us and talk a little about what makes you uncomfortable about uh, getting vaccines so that uh, some of us who have already gotten them can, can understand your point of view better. Um, and, and I would be interested to know whether, whether the, the, the final full-fledged approval for vaccines will make a difference for you um, in terms of whether, whether you'd be prepared to access vaccines or not. One of the things that I found interesting um, is in those states where there has been a huge increase in the number of cases, there's also been an increase uh, in the number of people who are prepared to seek vaccines. Um, and that's, for me, an interesting situation uh, in that it would appear as though the greater the threat of covid appears, the more likely it is that people uh, are going to be prepared to get a vaccine. So I find that interesting. So if some of you guys who have spoken before would like to, um, would like to jump in on some of the issues that have come up later, please feel free to yeah, Doug, Doug throw Hall. your hands up in the air. Doug Hall is back. Doug? Hey, Paul. I wanted to actually, I'm sorry, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to speak against vaccines and masks because I believe in them. Uh, yeah. However, <laughs> I wanted to speak to something you said earlier, and that is the Delta virus, the Delta, right. whatever it's called. Um, you know, you mentioned, I guess it's Margaret, that is healthcare. Right. Okay. Um, uh, I, I actually, Nancy saw her cardiologist the other day. And he basically said that anyone who has a pre-existing condition or anyone who works, who may work with people uh, with pre-existing conditions need to get the booster shot. Right. So I, I urge her to go ahead and get the booster. Now, uh, I read that they're saying that um, eight months after you get your right. second shot, you should get the booster. However... If you have pre-existing conditions, I recommend don't wait for the eight-month period. Um, I mean, I got—I was lucky. I got mine last January because I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Uh -huh. um, but we are getting—and um, I mentioned earlier—we went to Walgreens today to get the booster shot. Well, it turns out they only do Pfizer, and we have Moderna, so I couldn't do it. Um, the the. <coughs> I do recommend people go ahead and get the booster if they can, but uh, just to say that the booster has to be the same as whatever your original shot was. Right. Right. I, 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 I'm not qualified for uh, my booster until November because I was thinking about it this morning. And um, so, but, but as soon as I am, I will certainly go and but, get it. But you know, if your if your doctor says do it, then do it. You don't you don't oh, yeah. have to wait. You do not have to wait the eight months if the doctor says that's one of the things they want. They and one of the things they told us today is they want a note from the doctor saying that you need to get the booster shot. And if that's the case, it's not a problem. I, I guess 
I guess that the reason that I'm waiting is is that it seems to me that what they are implying is that eight months is the optimal point at which to get it. Not just it's not just the the time at which you should qualify. It's the optimal point because it's the the point at which the number of antibodies that uh, that are are measurable begin to decline. Now, that's a good question. However, I'm not willing to take a chance. I'm going to get that booster shot. I got gotcha. protection. So, do you think it's do you think it's okay for um, federal employees or state employees? Well, let's let's take it. Let, let's say we, we we talk about the library at the Division of Blind Services where you worked, or the rehab center where you worked. Do you think it's appropriate? for DBS to say to both buildings, if you guys aren't prepared to get vaccinated, you can't work here anymore? Uh, yes, I do. The The only yeah. difference would be is if the person has a good reason to not do it, then I think they, the, the uh, employer has the obligation to either get rid of that person or put that person in a position where they're not going to be around other people to endanger because they're that person is endangering everyone else. And that's wrong. As far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned, I was just thinking about something you said, you know, okay. President Biden's possibly saying that all federal employees are to have the vaccine shot. And you know that our governor and the good old whatever's, are going to say that that the government has no right to dictate to the states what the government you know what what's going to happen. However, our governor seems to think it's okay for the state to dictate to local counties what they have to do. Well, I mean, and and it's not just it. it unfortunately, it doesn't just have to do with vaccines. It really has to do with with taking away prerogative from local government and transferring it to Tallahassee across the board, um, which is fascinating given the, given the fact that, that he is uh, a Republican and the Republican Party is supposed to be interested in, in, in uh, smaller government and less influence from the state. But that's... Uh, I think it's a case of what do as I say, not as I do. By the way, yeah. Nancy was just saying to say that Dr. Fauci apparently is saying that people that are immune compromised may not be able to be have the antibodies that other people might have. Interesting. Yep. I, th I think that's correct. So yeah, it, anybody who's immune compromised is definitely in danger of getting... Yes. Not not only the Delta, but they might even be, you know, susceptible to mm -hmm. just a plain COVID-19. And frankly, I think it's wrong for anybody to subject other people to a disease that they may not want themselves. Have you felt any different as a blind person, Doug? And, and, and Nancy's wel welcome to comment as well. But have you felt any different as a blind person with uh, with uh, the 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 delta variant and and this current wave um not as a blind person um because frankly nancy and i have been super careful and we're just right and you know it's funny we were just beginning to the getting to the point where we might start to go out and do things 
And then this Delta came along, so we're going back to doing whatever. Right. But um, I think it's it behooves anybody, whether sighted or not, to be to be careful. The problem we have as a totally blind person is, you know, if I'm walking around, how do I know um, two feet from somebody, or six feet, or eight feet, or you know, well, if exactly. I the, if I go to the store, how do I know? Now, thank goodness I have a dog, and my and Watson seems to learn to keep back. So he doesn't. You know, get, I have, he doesn't get close. I have I have family members up here who have vision. Of course, Nancy has vision, so that that um, that you and I can probably get a pretty clear idea when we go places who's wearing masks and who isn't. Right. And certainly up in up in Jacksonville, um, over the last month or so, um, it, there, there have been fewer and fewer people who are wearing masks, in spite of the fact that. The case numbers are rising. Uh, <laughs> scary, isn't it? It is. It, it, it is. Uh, it's quite bizarre. So okay. the last question that, that, that I'll ask you just for fun is, do you, do you see any problem in, in the fact that last year at this time, um, baseball games were essentially being played with no crowds. And even though we're at the same COVID levels this year, we're, we're letting baseball teams play to the point where, for instance, there was a, a Braves game over the weekend that I think had 34,000 fans at it. I think they're nuts. I, I wouldn't yeah. go to a thing like that. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I think the problem is that people are thinking they're tired of being um, kept out of doing things. They want to go out and do things and whatever it is, but they're not considering that they, in some ways it's more dangerous today than it was last year. And I I think what it is, they're just tired of, of, of having to stay, stay put. And they just, they're tired of it and they just want to go out and do things regardless of what happens. How do you feel about the idea of a vaccine passport? That is, how do you feel about the idea that that if you've had your two shots and, and presumably your booster shot as well, um, that should be used to determine whether you can go to things like baseball games or concerts? You know, I think that's a, not, I know our governor wouldn't like it, but I think it's a wonderful idea mm-hmm. that, that people should... Um, uh, I, you know, I know the governor's really upset with Norwegian, some of the cruise lines, um, that they wanted to require proof that a person had the vaccine shot right. before they get on. I personally, it's a great idea. And, and I'm, I'm definitely in favor of it. You know, if I have it, why should I be against it? Right. Uh, yep. And if I don't have it, then I shouldn't go out. <laughs> I'm with you. Mr. Doug, thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Anisio, please. Mr. Uh, Korea. Hi. Well, we can. Uh, you know, I I hate to go up right after Doug because one is in my club and two, we apparently agree wholeheartedly. So I can't say anything differently, but I do I on on the issue of uh, vaccine passports and and the federal government requiring, or other employers for that matter, requiring that their employees are vaccinated. I'm all for it. Uh, Uh I know 
the in New York City, they just announced uh, right after the um, the, the the Food Food and, and Drug Administration <clears throat> gave full approval for Pfizer. They have announced that all teachers and educational personnel uh -huh. have to be have to be vaccinated. Which makes sense. Yeah. What one of the things, Paul? I agree with you. It'd be nice to hear from some people that don't feel the way we do, so we could have some uh -huh. uh, interesting, not only dialogue, but to understand better where they where they are coming from, because I strongly uh -huh. do not understand it. But I heard earlier Rick Moran mentioned that your daughter is in healthcare. It just uh -huh. boggles my mind that about a third of all those people working in healthcare have not been vaccinated. I mean, that just, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Not only yeah, they well, are at risk, but they're putting others at risk and still, yeah. for whatever reason. So I'm wondering what your daughter says about that. Well, I think she would be she would be happy if everybody were, were vaccinated. She got hers very early. And does, um, does she, I mean, what do the, her colleagues say? Or, or I mean, it's, I can I don't understand it. Yeah, I, well, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that she's talking about is that, is that more and more, more and more places uh, that, where she works because she does a lot of of visiting in facilities, mm -hmm. and more and more of those facilities are are not only requiring proof of of vaccination but are still actually doing testing as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, some some of the places where she works are actually taking it pretty seriously, which is which is fascinating to me. But let me ask you a question. One of the one of the jobs that you did um, was to was to work as as a, a senior executive in agencies for the blind. In let's let's take the, the the example of the Georgia one for the moment because it's it's closest. Would 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 you have had any problem firing someone who refused to get a vaccination? That's an interesting question. I've, I've often have thought about that. Obviously, if I was in that in that position like that, uh, I would. Ha I certainly would have no problem or conflict in in doing it. But I I'm curious about what you know some of the boards of directors and where people tend to be. Uh, not not as a whole, but that, that you certainly find more people that with, with varying political beliefs, whether or not I would have been able to do it, you know, to get the, uh, yeah. that's an interesting question. I don't know. Um, you know, we, we live in a state right now where, where even though we may end up with a mandate, let's say in, in a month or two, where every federal employee in the state of Florida is subject to dismissal if they can't show proof of vaccination and, and, right. and we think that's okay, but we're almost certainly going to live in a state where where there will be absolutely no requirement for any state employee to, to be vaccinated. Right. right. <laughs> All those people are going to move move to the state, work for the state. Um, yeah, no, that that's true. Um, so it's it's going to be a fascinating dichotomy, and it. it are some of the federal employees who are losing their jobs going to essentially say, um, this isn't fair because the, the, the law is not being enforced equitably in the state? 
Right, and that's that's one of the uh, challenges of uh, of this of our political system is that you know the there that can be there's so much state autonomy that there's that can be so such ver variability between between states. Um, but I I I certainly am all for passports, vaccine yep. passports. I, I really have no problem, no yep. no problem with that. But it's interesting. I have not heard that. I, I have to bring it up. I have not heard the the what's happening in the nonprofit not for profit sector in the blindness field in terms of uh, employers. Well, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people haven't fully opened up, and those that those that have fully opened up say that they, they, they seem to be doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to a, a couple of folks from lighthouses, and if anybody is, is listening from a lighthouse in, in, in Florida or anywhere else in the country, feel free to jump on and tell us what's going on at your location. But I think that more and more um, lighthouses are open for business now, though, though with the recent increase in the Delta variant, I, I, I don't know whether they're, that people may in fact be turning, turning around the other way now and, mm -hmm. and saying we're going to go back to um, online stuff because that's certainly what's happening with some universities. Um, Rice, Rice University, though it's not a huge one, in uh, Houston, Texas, decided that, um, that they were going to to go fully online again, again really. um, mm. this semester, which is uh, which is certainly running against the grain. But have you heard of any lighthouses or requiring vaccines or or not really from their employees? I I haven't. Um, I, I've heard from a number of places who've said that that they that they probably will, mm -hmm. um, and I. And I know that <clears throat> in a lot of the nursing homes and facilities that are around, there there is beginning to be a requirement for for vaccination if you want to continue right. to work right. there. Right. So we'll have to see, Mr. Anicio. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Hope to talk to you later about Tuesday topics. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excellent. Debbie, Mr. Rick, yeah, Debbie Green, please. Zoom webinar, video content, audio. Hey, Deb. Hi. Ah, uh, this is fascinating. I love your Tuesday topics, Paul. I am. Thank you. Uh, I'm in favor of vaccine. I'm fully vaccinated. I wear a mask as I see, uh, as I feel that I need to. And um, mm -hmm. the, the one, the one piece to all of this that I don't hear talked about and that I don't get is why we are okay with allowing um, thousands of people <laughs> to come into our country uh, and on the southern border, uh, many of whom are text testing positive, uh, and we're shipping them all over the country. Uh, I'd love to, I mean, that's, we may never know what impact that has had or is having on you know our increasing cases, right? Um, and and I don't know what the what those numbers are either, Debbie. But it's a, it's a, certainly a good point. 
what I do know is there are there are some fascinating stories being told by people who travel internationally, whether they're traveling from Europe to the States or from the States to Europe. Um, there is a, a requirement um, in most of those places that whether you've had a vaccine or not, given the current situation, you have to get a test before you can travel. Right. That um, makes sense. Um, it does it it does to me, but one of the one of the things that appears to be happening a lot is that there is there is a time limit that that you have to meet. So most of the countries require you to get the test within seventy two hours uh, of the time that you're prepared to leave. And so most people actually try to do it right at seventy two hours to maximize the likelihood that they'll get the test back. Um, oh, but, un yes. but, but unfortunately, in a lot of cases, they're not getting the tests back. And apparently, it's costing people thousands and thousands of dollars for airline tickets they can't get refunded, for holiday places they can't get refunded, and for even testing that they can't get refunded, even though they didn't receive the test results in time. Wow, yeah. So... It's a it, it's 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 another element of the COVID situation that 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 is fascinating and probably another good reason not to travel. Exactly. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for what you're uh -huh. doing. Thank you. Excellent, Mr. Rick. Phone number two six eight nine, please. Two six eight nine. Area code six one four. Six one. Oh, thank four. you. The first two times I tried, it wouldn't let me unmute until you gave me permission. Hi, Diane. How are you? No, this is Shirley. Shirley, Miss Roberts. Sorry. Yes, sir. How are you? <laughs> okay, how are you? You know, I don't usually call in on these things. I just listen on my little A device. And uh -huh. the longer this has been going on, I just had to get my two cents in. I'm Good. probably going to be in trouble. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, part of this, you know, a lot of this is, has already been said, but I think what frustrates me the most is that, um, you know, when we hear the people who... Um, are not going to get vaccinated and, you know, they're, they're talking about their rights and so on and so forth. You know, it's their own personal rights not to get this vaccine. And that would be fine with me if it was just affecting them. You know, what somebody wants to do to themselves is totally up to them and it's none of my business. But uh -huh. when it affects the rest of our everyday lives and we've been restricted from so many things and, you know, my husband and I usually go to Florida for part of the winter and this will right. be the third winter season that this is going to affect us and we, we may not, you know, be able to go because of the numbers there. So, you know, I mean, I just don't understand how people can be um, quite that self-centered and not right. think of how they're affecting the rest of the world. And I do think that, um, 
employers, especially, not only or exclusively, but especially at places like, you know, hospitals and nursing homes and, and places like that should have, um, you know, the right uh, to mandate vaccines when these people are taking care of other people, especially vulnerable people. Um, it's going to be very interesting, you know, with some of the things that happen here. I know one of the um, universities near here today, Ohio State University, has put out a mandate that their students, staff, um, you know, faculty, yep. basically everyone there um, is going to be mandated to have the vaccines by, I think it's a certain time in November. I can't even remember the date, but you know, they're giving them a couple of months to do it. And it'll be interesting. I'm sure there right. are going to be people that are going to protest it and try to get there, it to there, not happen and all right. that. Right. There are a lot of colleges and universities that have done that even for the beginning of the fall semester. Right. Um, but, you know, there are, as I say, there are some that are going further and that are actually saying we don't think it's safe to hold in-person classes even now. So even though... Let's say right. 85% of our folks are vaccinated. Um, I, we're, we're not I heard tonight classes. on the news, they're saying yeah. there's a 29%, I believe the number was, of um, higher chance, and I'm probably getting this wrong. I wish I knew mm -hmm. exactly what they said, of a higher chance of um, being in the hospital um, if you're not vaccinated, if you get covid and I wish I had that number in front oh, of me. I should have all, looked it up before the, I got on here. All of the all of the statistics that I've seen say that 98% of the hospitalized patients in Florida, anyway, um, have not been vaccinated. Oh yeah, it's pretty close to the same here. Ninety some yeah. percent, you know, yeah. ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent. So um, it's you know it's pretty sad, and I. You know, I hear people saying that, you know, they're afraid of this vaccine. They don't know what's in it and so on and so forth. Well, how can they be more afraid of getting the vaccine than not getting the vaccine when you consider what the consequences could be? So no, I don't know. I mean, I, no, I just, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. There's no max mandate here. And I, and I don't think there is now in Ohio either. Um, no, there, there is not. There is not. Um, they're very strongly encouraging it, um, you know, in a lot of stores and things like that. They are uh, putting in, I think, mask mandates in some places for their employees. Mm -hmm. It was 29 times. I knew there was something wrong with that number. It was, there, it, it was 29 times more um uh, possible, more likely to be hospitalized if you did not have the vaccine and you got COVID um, than if you didn't. I knew there was something wrong with that number, as I was saying. Yeah. It wasn't 29%. You were 29, 29 times, times more likely. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the question I was coming to is in in, in a grocery store where, where people like you and, and a lot of people who are, who are wearing masks go to shop, um, where do you draw the line? Do you think employees in grocery stores ought to be required to mask as well? Um, 
I suppose, I, I guess not. I mean, I think it would be nice if they did. I don't think for the most part I'm in as a direct contact with them as I am. I I think that employees in restaurants should be, and I'm seeing a lot of wait staff right. here and so on and so forth that's not, and that I'm not comfortable with. An employee in a grocery store, you know, if I'm having any contact with them, it's going to be a hit or miss quick contact. It's going to not be like, you know, they're standing right in front of my face, taking an order, you know, from me chatting with me or whatever, like they would in a restaurant, bringing my food and doing all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I wish they would wear them, but I don't have as much of a a need for it for a grocery store employee as I do, like I said, for a restaurant employee or a healthcare employee. So do grocery store employees have to be vaccinated? Probably not. I mean, I'd like to see everybody have to be vaccinated, but that's see, that's that's where that 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 that's where the the difficulty comes. Where do you where do you draw the line? And um, well, I, I think in certain yeah. situations, like I said, when you're dealing with healthcare, when you're dealing with food service, I think uh-huh. if there's going to be mandates, it, it should be mandated. Um, you know, for those kind of people. I mean, it, it, especially healthcare. Maybe food service masks ought to be mandated. I could probably, you know, even live with that. I don't think somebody should be serving me food that doesn't even have a mask on. Yeah. You know, especially if they're not vaccinated. And there's no way to know. You know, we had all this stuff going on here for months. Well, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're not, then masks are mandated. Who in the world is going to know if these people and, are vaccinated or not? Yeah. Who's going to tell gonna anybody? And, and, and probably the same ones that aren't going to wear, you know, that aren't going to be vaccinated are the same ones that aren't going to wear the masks. And right. nobody's going to know one way or the other. Yep. So are you good with a vaccine passport? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely good with the vaccine passport. I'll go get mine right now if you tell me where to go get it. I have no problem <laughs> with it. I'd, I'd like to see everybody have it. I told my family I was going to move to San Francisco or something where they have to, <laughs> you know, have vaccines to go in indoors to eat. I'm great yep. with that. Yeah. No yep. problem for me. Ms. Shirley, thank and you so much for your call. Well, thank you very much. Good to talk to you. I don't know how many enemies I made in the last, you know, five minutes or whatever, but it was fun. I I think you did fine. Ms. Shirley, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Have a good evening. Yep. Anisio's back. Mr. Anisio. Paul, just a a quick um, correction, not correction, but clarification to to the last caller. So Uh when, when when we say... When we ponder whether employees in a grocery store should be required to be vaccinated, we're not so much talking or not only talking about the customers, the impact on the customers, but the impact on their fellow employees. And I think that's where employer mandates come from, is to to protect each other that work there. Uh, So in that, and thinking that way, I do think employer employees in a grocery store should be mandated as should every other employee employee well we we don't require we we, we don't mandate a flu vaccine we don't uh, back, we we don't we, mandate a, a pneumonia vaccine 
Right, right. But the, the that that's true. But is it true that the the uh, the level of transmiss transmissibility is much higher with this than it is with the flu? I think I, I think that is true. Um, I think that is true, but but uh, is the is the mortality rate for pneumonia and flu that much different from the mortality rate for COVID? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. It's a good point. In fact, I I've, I've heard uh, a little bit off off topic, but I heard that uh, this past winter the the number of flu cases has dropped tremendously because more people wearing masks and being well and also and also i think more people are staying we're we're staying staying home home. right right, yeah so i think yeah i think there were there were some good reasons why that happens but it's one of the things that that makes it difficult for me to be categorical right but isn't it isn't it the reason we the federal government may end up with a mandate for example Mm -hmm even though they don't do it for flu is because we do need to get to this, to this, um, to this immunity level that apparently requires a much higher percentage of people vaccinated. So, and until we get that, I think mandates can be um, understood. Interesting. So you, you think we may end up with a temporary mandate or would it be permanent? Well, I mean, it all depends. If it seems like we're gonna, this thing is gonna be a permanent thing with uh, with COVID uh, mm-hmm. or some kind of coronavirus. So, if that's the case, I guess it would be, it would be permanent. Um, Fascinating, yeah. um, you know. So there, there are there are real limits to what we're free to do. As long as as long as uh, it impacts on others, I mean the same reason, you know, I'm, you know, someone buys a new car, a nice race car, and they right, can't just right. go out there and and drive hundred miles an hour. So what about what about smoking? Should we make smoking illegal because secondhand smoke may cause lung cancer? It already is. Well, it's getting there. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It is illegal in many places. That's right. You can't do it in, in the public places. You, you, yeah, but 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 it's it's still not illegal to smoke. Right. Right. Anyway, interesting questions. I hear we're, someone we're, else we're, trying to speak. So, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think I heard a lady trying to get in. Yeah, that was Nancy Burgess. Oh, yes. I like Nancy though, for sure. Miss Nancy, go ahead. I Hi. finally phoned in. I've been listening. Um, on the uh, Lady A between that and watching the Paralympics opening ceremonies, which when this is over, you should go into NBC, SN. They're fantastic. And there's lots of audio description. Anyway, two, um, I may have missed some of the points, but number one, um, the um, COVID versus flu. A year ago when they were publishing statistics, they um, said numerous times that um COVID before Delta was much more, um, many more deaths than the flu. Yes. Um, Number two, I have not had a cold in over a year because of being home and masking. 
Right. Um, and number three, if you listen to the news and read the newspapers, doctors and nurses at the hospitals are totally exhausted. They are thinking of quitting as much as they, you know, value their jobs. I mean, we are ruining them by not vaccinating and then ending up in the hospital. And I just, I think, I remember how frustrated I was before I retired from the public schools. That is nothing compared to what these doctors and nurses that have to deal with people dying on ventilators are suffering that's, with. That's a really good point, Nancy. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, you don't have any problem with um, with mask mandates everywhere, or do you draw the line somewhere? Um, if people are outdoors and there's good spacing, that would be uh -huh. okay. But again, our Speedway in Daytona Beach is having a race this weekend. They plan to be at full capacity. Right. And, and I think and that's ridiculous. I know are they that required? I will not go to the theater until we are closer to you herd immunity as much right. as I would like to see some shows this year. Mm -hmm. are, are, is they, is uh, the Speedway requiring masks? I don't think so. But I don't I'm either. not sure. I can't say that for sure. Don't think so. Nance, thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Yep. Mr. Rick, anybody yeah. else? Wait, Doug Hall again. Mr. Doug. <laughs> Actually, no. Merrill Schechter. Hi. Hi. Meryl. Hi. Hi. Um, Paul and Rick, um, I was just thinking when you guys were talking about New York and the teachers, there's something else going on, too. I'm originally from New York, and I heard a couple of weeks ago they have something called the Excelsior Pass. And that's a pass where people will not be allowed into any public venue or any place unless they show proof of vaccination. And I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, 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 um, it's, it's um, operating in some places. Um, one of the interesting things, Meryl, that, that, that I find, uh, at least I find interesting to compare is in this country, there, there's really nothing that prevents you going anywhere in the United States. You can, mm -hmm. you, you can jump in your car, whether you have COVID or not, and drive to wherever you want to go right. within this country. In Australia, on the other hand, they've closed the borders between their states down. I know. So that... If you live in Sydney, for example, mm -hmm. which is in New South Wales, and your your mom is is in Queensland, which is a situation with a friend of mine, um, she can't go near her mom because she's not allowed across the border because wow. um, because travel between those two states is is forbidden. Wow, they're also talking about New Zealand. I was listening to. The BBC um, World Service on tuning, right. and they mentioned also with New Zealand's clothes too. You know, yep they they have they have um, more cases than they ever have. I so know. you're right. Yeah, Meryl, thank you so much. You're welcome, Paul. Mm -hmm. Mr. Rick, Doug Hall, please. 
Okay, real quickie that I have, Paul. You mentioned about flu shots and all that kind of stuff. Huh? Remember when you and I were a lot younger than we are now, polio vaccination was required. Yes. So what's the difference between a polio vaccination and a COVID-19 vaccination? They're, uh, they're both killing people and causing huge disability problems. I see no reason why... Uh, COVID-19 vaccination shouldn't be required, just like polio was required. Now, polio, was, polio was required, you mean, for but, kids to get into school or? Well, no, well, I but, but. I don't remember it being required for adults. But if you, well, we don't, we don't have kids yet getting the COVID thing, but whatever right. it is, you real, but you remember when, when they required polio vaccination, polio disappeared in this country. Yes. <laughs> and also, I guess, um, I guess for the most part, they were, they used to require um, things like measles and whooping cough and, and yes. that other stuff in order to get into school. I'm not sure that's the case now, though. And maybe we should. <laughs> uh, maybe we should. <laughs> you know, like I, like I said before. That the problem is that people seem to have gotten to the point where they're more interested in themselves than taking care of the people around them. And it's really yeah. it's a sad thing about our society when we get to the point where we're more interested in our selfish ideas instead of the people, the, the care of the people around us. Mr. Doug, we are going to switch topics. Um, we have about 35 minutes left. So, um, Talk to me about what you think would be some good topics for Tuesday topics or what you'd like to see us doing in the future. I would like to see us do a, a session and, and not only but within Florida, but nationally, I would like to see us do a session really discussing the, the different aspects of accessible voting, whether it be in uh, voting the um, vote by mail or going to the polls, but it's it is an issue that needs to be addressed. And you know, and I know what's happening here in Florida, and then what's happening in some other states. That I think it's something we need to look at and and discuss what's happening. And I'm, I'm a, very concerned with that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and 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 it would would be interesting um, to compare. Whether, whether the vote by mail that we used in, say, the Florida elections last fall um, and uh, the, the, the way that you actually vote in person at, at voting booths um, had the same level of accessibility. I mean, I would argue that, that they didn't. Um, and, and so it'll be, it, it, it'll be interesting to see who thinks what is better. Well you're, you're right. And the other thing is, uh, along with that, um, you know, looking at this whole COVID mess mm -hmm. would, would impact on whether people vote. Now, personally, I prefer, and Nancy prefers, to vote at the poll. We, we worked, well, you and I, we worked a lot to get those machines we have. We did. And so um, we have them, but in cases where it's a, a health threat to go out to the polls, because of the COVID and whatever, 
then you have the vote by mail system as a backup. But then looking at that, unless we develop an accessible vote by mail system, the the whole idea of secrecy in voting is gone because right. you're going to be required to have a sighted person fill out a ballot for you, which which is wrong as far as I'm concerned. And it's, it's wrong for the Florida Constitution. So, but I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And maybe we ought to look at the, the I've, I've talked to a lot of people about vote by mail and they seem to be okay to have a sighted person fill out their ballot for them. Now, uh, I'm, I'm not. not. <laughs> I'm definitely not. I want independence. But, but I think that's an issue that maybe we ought to discuss it because there, th- there are some things going on that I'm not happy about. All right. All right. It, it'll probably happen very soon, sir. <laughs> Good. Thanks, Doug. Anybody else ready to talk about Tuesday topics? Yeah, we, we got a couple hands up here, Paul. Hold on just one sec. Uh, Karen Itell is back. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karen. Okay, I'm going to make this very short. I think every June that we ought to take out that the nearest Tuesday to June 1st to hurricane oh. preparedness. And Paul would know why I come up with this. Yeah, are the Miami hurricanes after all. Yeah. With the, with the trailblazer, I mean, with the y'all's walk. And I, I saw that like, you know what? We need to do something with that name. I, I think, I think you have a good point, Karen. We, we, uh, you know, we could even broaden it a little bit and talk about emergency preparedness because it's not only um, hurricanes, but it's also tornadoes and it, and it's also um, oil spills. Um, you know, I think that's a good idea. I think emergency preparedness is a really good topic. So thank you, Miss Karen. And I, I take that as a friendly amendment. Yep, very good. Thank you. Appreciate it, dear. Mr. Rick? Yes, Sheila Young, please. Hey, Sheila. Miss Sheila. Hi, Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I Glad have you been be wanting, here. yeah. I've been I've been sitting here listening and I've been wanting to make comments, and I decided I would just let everybody else talk. But I will disagree with something that Doug said. No babies um have been affected. That's bull crap. They have been. Um anyway. <laughs> That's another subject. We're not doing COVID now. What? Yes, with COVID. Um, yep. But, but anyway, um, what I would like to see you do maybe is talk to different affiliates of how they have done things differently with everything that has occurred over the past year and a half mm-hmm. and how they have tried to reach out to their membership to get them more involved and you know what what tactics they're using for communication and are they doing are they doing better or worse which is a good question right and and how do you measure whether you're doing better or worse is it just by the number of members you have or is it by the people that are responding to your meeting yeah and yeah, yeah so that's that's something i'd like to see you Maybe. I think that's a good plan. Thank you. You're welcome. Got another idea? 
Mm, I got lots more, but that's 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 the one that I want. <laughs> that's the one I wanted to bring up tonight. And Ms. it's Sheila, thank you. you. You're welcome. Yep. Mr. Rick. And let's see here. Usually Sheila talks a lot longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> Doug's hand is up, but I don't know if that's because they didn't put it down before. No, nope, I have a I have oh, a comment. There Sorry. We go. Sorry, uh, Sheila, I either I misstated or misunderstood. I'm not saying that children are not affected. What I'm saying is that is a lack of vaccination for children, which is a huge problem. But it's it's not that there's lack of a problem. It's a lack of vaccination of children. Was my, my point. Yeah, I, I, I think. I, I, I totally that get that, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that instead of doing instead of doing um what we're what we're doing now, which is pure ages, I, I think we would have been far better to do school levels so that anybody who right. was was starting middle school should have should have qualified. Well uh, what's what's even more serious about that is with children not being vaccinated, they're wonderful. They're carriers of the system. They're carriers they of the virus, and uh, it's a it is a serious problem that we need to deal with until until we're able to get the the children level um, vaccination or or COVID instances under control. It's going to be very difficult to control the rest. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Thank you, both of you. Mr. Rick? Uh, I don't see any. Well, let's see. It says one hand, but that was Doug. Yeah, that was Doug. No more hands at the moment, Paul. All right. <clears throat> so I think I think the first three ideas for um, for Tuesday topics are are excellent. I think um, I think doing a comparative discussion of the various accessible voting systems or, or approaches that are out there is a really good idea. Um, uh, it, it, it's interesting because I, I, am, I am on a side that is very different from um, the, the side that is the more commonly held one uh, with regard to that. And, and I think I'll be interested to see how many folks there are on my side, and I'm not going to say what my side is at this point. Um, so I think that's excellent. I think um, I think Karen's idea of doing something on emergency preparedness uh, every June um, is an excellent idea. Um, I've continued to say that um, that that I think we've learned a lot about the degree to which emergency preparedness during COVID has not been nice to blind people. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of information that's getting spooled across the bottom of um, TV screens that is really uh, emergency oriented and that we should have gotten access to and we're not. Um, so I think one of the things that we probably need to at least think about is whether we want to go back to the Federal Communications Commission and encourage them uh, to think about changing uh, the way that they interpret what an emergency is. Um, 
because I, I think there was an awful lot of information that would have been really helpful to blind folks that were, were was coming across TV screens that we just didn't get. Um, I think that uh, also the idea of um, uh, the idea that that uh, that Nancy had is an excellent one. So I think uh, I think all the ideas that we've had so far with regard to Tuesday topics are good ones. And I so, have I have one, Paul. Yes, sir. Uh, I spoke with Jennifer Flat, and mm-hmm. she would be very happy to come on Tuesday topics towards the end of September. And Excellent. the topic, and it would probably be she and I, and and maybe Jeff and a couple others. Mm-hmm. The topic would be uh, just all the stuff that we're doing at ACB Media, and uh, you noted today that um, you know some things are a little bit uh, um, you know a little bit frazzled at the moment in some areas of ACB Media. Um, we will be uh, really moving towards. Uh, getting that into a new place, and Jennifer is going to be a very big part of that. So she and I talked about that today. So um, I think I think that'd be kind of fun. Oh, I think that'd be excellent. Um, you know, we had Jeff we had Jeff on when ACB Media launched to kind of talk about what what the initial shape and size of it uh, is. But I think uh, I think to get a, a better idea of where we're going in the future with it and, and, and how folks can get from place to place and what they can do on ACB Media would be an excellent topic. Yeah, and so, I think a major focus of what we're, we're going to want to talk about is just programming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how we're going to program and, and how people can engage in programming and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of cool stuff. So. I think that's exciting. So anybody else who has ideas with regard to Tuesday topics, we have about 20 minutes left. Um, and I'd love to see some hands come up with some suggestions. Merrill, Merrill Schechter's back. Miss Merrill from Maryland. I like that. Merrill from Maryland. <laughs> Hi. Um, yes, I know Dan did a comment, but I think it's important for especially younger members and new members and even old ones who might not know, but to talk about with board members and officers the, the structure of ACB, how it's structured uh-huh. as far as the chapters, the affiliates, the special interest group, uh, uh-huh. National and also even like international, like the International Relations Committee, you know, things yep. like that. I think it's a great idea. I think that's not a bad that's not a bad idea at all, um, Meryl. Thank you very much. You're um, welcome. Thank you. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we, you know, I think we have we've done some of that as we've talked about the constitution and and changes that we're making there. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think. Um, but I think we make the assumption um, that all of our folks know exactly how ACB works and where the power lies and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I suspect that you're correct, that there are a lot of folks, particularly those who have become members over the last few years, mm-hmm. who simply haven't had an opportunity to learn that stuff. So right, and I even think that's a good people, point. And even people in my chapter... Some of them, uh, even the old timers, like a lot of them are not interested in the state or the national. And it's very sad to see that. Yeah, that is a shame. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
Meryl, thank you. Another topic, Paul, um, you know, that, that's been kind of bouncing around in my head is once the pandemic is over, mm-hmm. will people be more inclined to isolate rather than work at, you know, going places like perhaps people would have done in the past? You know, you know one of the unintended consequences of this whole virtual world uh will is it you know is will it make it easier for people to not socialize so there is it's it's a good question um we we could actually have discussed some of that today i i i don't know the answer um I, i i think there are there are two directions that folks are being pulled in I think one of them is that, that that there there are a huge number of people who would like it to be the way it was before the the pandemic ever came along. But I'm not sure that we're going to get to um, we're, we're going to ever get back to that. I mean, clearly, employment will never be the same. I don't I don't think I don't think there are very many places that 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 don't absolutely require it where you're going to have five days a week at work right? in the future. Um, so clearly that's going to change the price of cheese. Um, clearly there's already been a huge movement away from cities and out to rural areas where there's a lot more space to raise families. And, and that's, that's happened for the most part because, um, because people can work um, from home a lot of the time, and therefore they're prepared to do a, a, a lot more heavy-duty commuting for the one or two days that they might have to go in. Um, I think that um, I think that older people are probably going to going to continue to isolate because I don't think you know I don't I don't see us being at 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 herd immunity anytime soon. And, right. and in fact, you know, one of the questions that I have, and I don't know how you feel, Rick, but one of the questions that I have is this, if, if COVID remains at the level that it's at now, will, for example, the ACB board have to decide in, in two months or so that it's not safe to hold a hybrid convention next year? You know, I think it's interesting stuff. Yeah, it, it, it is very interesting stuff. And I, I, I think um, that, that that's kind of a you know, interesting balance, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, because when there's a hybrid, you'll always give people the option as to whether or not they attend in person or they attend virtually. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, what are the dynamics? I, my, my personal, my, my, thesis on this is that, you know, people that isolated before will continue to isolate, but people that may have worked real hard in the past to go to a convention as a way to socialize uh-huh. uh, may not be so inclined to work so hard if there's a virtual option available to them. And they, right. may, they may, may end up, in fact, isolating. And, and community, uh, you know, with all, with all the good things that it is, and I'm not saying anything bad about community, but it, it could be the refuge for people to isolate who didn't isolate before. 
And and what is I, it, what is the the breaking point? That is the point below which it is no longer economically feasible to hold an ACB convention. Yeah, and and of course the flaw in my argument is. If you're participating uh, in something virtually, you're not really isolating, right? You're, uh, well, you're just sure. part, you're just part participating in a different uh, milieu, if you will, right? In 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 a uh, a different vein. But I, I you know, I I, I, I don't know. I, Oh, I can't wait to get into this conversation. Oh, go ahead, Sheila. <laughs> go ahead, Sheila. Jump in. Jump in. That's why I, I unmuted you. I figured you'd, you'd love to jump into this one. Jump into the pool with us, Sheila. All right. First of all, I will tell you that what I have learned being a Zoom facilitator and host is that, you know, the community has been amazing, brought in so many new people. Mm-hmm. And every day, somebody new is coming in. And I will tell you that I'm getting concerned about the fact that I'm hearing people on some of these calls that are saying that I'm so much more comfortable being virtual right, and not being in person. Yeah, and I, that, that's, that, my, that's my that's, point. Yeah, that, that's that, my point. That precisely, worries me. Sheila. It, it's kind that of, worries me. It's kind of an un- unintended consequence. You know that right. that's precisely right. where I'm going with my logic. Right, so. and it it worries me because FCB is facing the same issue, and I know you know FCB is one of the largest affiliates. And those of you that are listening, you know, I'm president of FCB, um, which is Florida Council of the Blind. For those who don't know Alphabet Soup. Um, and we're facing the same issue where our meetings will never be 100% in person any longer. And it's because our members expect the fact that we know how to do it now and they are going to expect it. And now, I, I respect that. It was fascinating um, when we did our convention, Sheila, I think that Florida had what about 120 people in person? Yeah, it was it was between 90 and 120. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And the virtual so, piece was relatively small, right? In comparison, yeah, right. It it actually surprised, I think, a lot of us. It shocked that, me <laughs> that the virtual was as small as it was. Yeah, um, and I don't know whether that's typical of other state conventions or not, Rick. Are, are, uh, Nobody's had in in person yet, have yeah, they? Right? I, I I don't know, no, and and I think it, you know, I I think there's such a hunger, right? Like like Omaha right. will be an anomaly, right? Because I think I, that's right. I I I, I think uh, you know, just like Omaha is going to be like the first virtual convention, right? It's going to be the first virtual, con- the first hybrid convention, mm-hmm. right? So, right. so it's almost going to be like, you know, what last year's experience was like. It's going to be magical in many ways, right? Uh, yeah. And, and there's going to be a lot of people drawn to it. It's what happens the year after that's kind of the crapshoot, I think. Right. And um, Well, and, and I think that I think we're going to have to come up with a bunch of stuff that we advertise a long time in advance that 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 people will get from coming to convention that they won't get virtually. Right. Um, yeah, if, we, right. if, we, if we don't do that, 
I, I think the convention as we know it's going away. Yeah, it's, you know, when I bring these points up to people like Jennifer Flatt and, and, and Tony and stuff, you know, the, the reaction is, well, we have to make the conventions in, you know, such that people will want to go. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's got to be some very unique attraction to it and some value that people will get if if they yes. attend if they attend in person. Now, now, you know, the other side of that is the virtual people will feel, you know, we'll start hearing uh, echoes of the virtual people feeling disenfranchised if in fact they're getting less than the people that are attending in person. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a constant balancing act, I think. Uh, and I agree with you, Rick. And I think part of the in-person, what I love about the in-person part of any convention is the fact that you can get all the information in a virtual meeting that they are offering, but you don't get the social interaction. Right. Yeah, you those, don't get those the virtual hugs, down. Those virtual hugs just ain't the same. Yeah, they're not the same. And, you know, that social aspect of sitting down with someone over a beer or sitting down over a lunch and actually having that one-on-one -on -one conversation is just not replaceable. You can't do that virtually. Yeah, and I, and I think the other thing that we, that, that we actually need to ask ourselves is, while COVID may have started it, is COVID going to make any difference what, what happens? I mean, once you open that Pandora's box and fundamentally alter the way we do conventions, regardless of the cause, the cause um, I, I, I think you can't, A, close the box, which, mm -hmm. which I think we all agree. But I think mm -hmm. more importantly, um, I, I, I think you, you create a huge uh, uphill battle you know, and if, if ACB hasn't changed the way it it negotiates its contracts, they certainly should have. I mean, we've gone several years ahead, but if but if we're going to be requiring the same number of folks at conventions, I think we're in danger of being in big trouble. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you. And yeah. I think FCB's in the same situation. You know, yeah. I, I don't anticipate us having the same turnout at our mm -hmm. convention um, next year, but we might because it's election. <laughs> you <Yeah. never> know. <laughs> so yeah, thank well, you guys. Thank you for one listening. Of the, one of the problems of Sunizio, um, by the way, of of uh, yep of the not having an in-person convention is I've been in Florida now for almost two years and I have not met Sheila. That is yeah, why not? You don't know what you're missing there. <laughs> I know. Well, that's right. You we talked about having a beer together. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't either, Anisio. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but there's never just one. And wow. and she and Sheila and Sheila owes me lunch too. I do. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. And it it will happen. I promise. Oh, I know it will. We'll, we we shall make it happen. All Maybe right. even in September. We are having our Florida board meeting as a hybrid. Yes, we are. From the 24th to the 26th of September. So, yep, and uh, I will uh, be yeah. there. The other the other thing I that I've noticed in the past is it's very hard to have a successful hybrid convention, right? Because when no, when, when, every, when everything is hard. virtual, right? I mean, everybody's in the same 
connection with same, yep. you know, but when it's hybrid, you miss all those side conversations and you hear them, but you cannot participate. You well, I will tell you that I was so proud of FCB because I thought that our hybrid convention, thank you, Rick, and all of your help, um, our hybrid was amazing. So, yeah, and, I, yep. and I'm sorry I missed it because I, I don't know Me why too. I missed that. Me too. But I, I missed it. Um, Paul, just to go back to, I wanted to give you one suggestion for Tuesday topics. I went yes, back. Yes, sir. I was a, a proud uh, participant of Tuesday Topics way, way back when you started that first incarnation. But yes. the other person that you also interviewed that I think it would be an excellent guest, again, would be my friend Aubrey, Aubrey Webson, or Dr. Yeah. Webson, I should say. Yeah, I he's agree. Now, he's now the ambassador to the UN, he's, has a no longer working in the, in the field of blindness. But I think he, he might have some... Uh, some interesting yeah. things to add. Uh, I have actually left messages for Aubrey, and I'm hoping that that uh, that I'll hear from him um, because I I definitely agree. He is a, a fascinating guy, and he could absolutely fill two hours. So I think that's right. Um, oh, one that's of the things nice. I want him to talk about is his whole approach to rehabilitation in Africa, right. which right. which uh, from from my perspective, and I said so. If if you remember way back when when I interviewed him then. Um, which I think is 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 a way to make re rehabilitation in this country better, mm -hmm. um, because his approach his approach was so cool. It it, it is such an amazingly good idea, um, and we just didn't do a good job of uh, of uh, or haven't done a good job of of selling it to um, to this country. Even though I think it's very saleable, right. Well, maybe I can facilitate that, you know, you guys getting together. Um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, so, Paul, this is Peter from Wisconsin. Hey, Peter. Hi. Um, I, I've been thinking, of, as the news has been coming in over the last couple of days, um, I mean, I would love to see something done on Tuesday topics of um, how um, ACB as a uh, blind community um, can impact uh, the number of people that are that we're going to receive as refugees now from Afghanistan, but from uh, um, other countries as well. That a few years ago, well, uh, thirty whatever years ago, um, there was a Hmong family that that um, our community uh, supported, and that yep. um, I mean. We went for nine months before we realized that his grandmother was totally blind, and um, and that when they discovered it, there were no um, uh, there were no public resources for her um, because she was immigrant, she wasn't a state, and that she wasn't um, a, a citizen yet. And mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm thinking that as as a community of blind people that we have um, all kinds of resources that um, would be um, helpful. And I'm just wondering if in the, um, in, in sort of the business of, of being a nation of immigrants, uh, there isn't something that we might do and um, find out if there were people that knew anything about that. Peter, that's a that that's a that's a great idea. I don't know that that 
um, a consumer organization of blind people has gotten very involved in refugee stuff. We've certainly, we've certainly um, passed resolutions relating to uh, refugees in other parts of the world. Um, but I don't think a lot in terms of um, refugees coming into this country. And, and I don't think we've passed uh, even a lot of resolutions that relate directly to um, when people should qualify for services for folks who are blind. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a good point. Thank you, sir. So I thought that, uh, you know, if you get in touch with Aubrey, that might be a, uh, a dovetail topic. Yeah, well, certainly Aubrey could talk about some of the stuff that's going on elsewhere. Um, yeah. He's a, he is a, a, a very exciting speaker. So um, keep, keep, keep tuned in uh, for when we can get Aubrey on because you'd be a great guest. Yeah, thank you. And then, yep. and then the other thing that I would like to say is that I think that everybody ought to read um, Asimov's <clears throat> Cave of, Cave of Steel, Caves of Steel series um, with uh, Elijah Bailey as a, as a, 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 a detective in outer in, in planetary world. Um, but that, I mean, he discusses this whole, um, a, a whole culture of people that are, um, have been so accustomed to um, meeting each other virtually that it changes the entire future of their, uh, of their, their existence down to even how they manage to procreate. There's a relatively short story by uh, a guy called, um, E.M. Forster, who wrote uh, a lot of kind of classic British author, British uh, novels in the early 20th century, called "The Machine Stops," and I'm pretty sure it's available um, uh, online um, in the public domain. And I would urge folks to read that if you haven't, uh, for the same reason. Um, it 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 really focuses on on. Uh, uh, on a whole different kind of society than the one we have right now. Peter, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who has uh, called in this evening. Um, I think we've, we've had uh, an, an interesting evening's discussion. I'd like to thank everyone who participated in it. You're what makes Tuesday topics effective and appropriate. Um, you've heard lots of what the future of Tuesday topics will be like over the last half hour. And you can expect virtually all of those ideas to be incorporated relatively soon into what Tuesday topics does. Feel free to send me emails at edwards.paul955 at gmail.com if, if your idea didn't get heard. And in the meantime, remember, 